Welcome to Made by Me, a podcast about building a life on your own terms. From entrepreneurship to mental health, this is your place to question what's real and decide what you actually want. My name is Kaliska Sweetwater, and I am a jeweler living in New York, trying to understand as much as I can about myself and the nature of reality. Today's episode is going to be a little bit of a different one. I had my friend Sandy come and talk with me on December 1st, and we had a great conversation about society and just our ego aspects around career, mostly mine. I definitely feel like Sandy was giving me therapy of points, which I absolutely love now listening back, but in the moment I was like, oh my gosh, like this does not feel like what I intended to um, have be my first interview episode, but it was it was really great, and I think it turned out so much better than I expected. So I'm so excited to share that episode with you here today. Here we go. So I know you through work because we both have the same job. We work retail. Yes, we do. Yes, yes, we do. And it's I like it. I like our job a lot, but I think that for me, like. The reason that I thought this would be an interesting thing to talk about is that I was self-employed for so long and that was such a big part of my identity that like going from that to selling shoes for a living definitely was like weird for my brain and my ego and brought up a lot of thoughts for me about like where I feel my value resides as a person and like how fucked up it is that society makes us think that like our identity is connected to our work. And then more recently, I've been thinking a lot about the fact that like, our job is really hard and we work really hard and we get paid so much less than people who have like classical careers. And it doesn't really correlate to skill level or like intelligence as much as just what job we happen to get. And like how bizarre that is to kind of think about and connect with like the value that society puts on different categories of work and different categories of workers and yeah I don't have any conclusions but it's just been kind of like mulling around in the stew of my brain for the past like two or three months so I thought it'd be interesting to kind of see your thoughts on it and yeah I mean I I totally get that because you know I started, I've been in retail for like eight years now, collectively. <clears throat> and like, as I was getting older, I definitely felt that too, where where I felt like, oh, I'm getting older and I'm still in retail. And I was just kind of making myself feel bad about it. And I've, I've also had like a friend once who was like, oh, you're, you're stupid. That's why you work in retail. Really? Yeah, he, he said that to me. And... <clears throat> Oh my god. I was just like, you know, well, we're not friends anymore, but <laughs> fuck that guy. That's for the best, but, for sure. But, um, I, I remember feeling that way when I was, um, turning 26, and back at the old store, the one in Soho, um, we have a friend called Alex, who, who was, like, one of the first among us who turned 30, and he, he, you know, he had the same thoughts as you, and... It kind of like gave me a little bit of reassurance because I asked him, I was like, oh, what are your thoughts on it? Like, how are you doing? You know, because he went to college and he's gotten his degrees and stuff, but he stayed in retail. 
And that's got to be even harder because, like, I can't imagine having debt on top of this. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he has debt. I actually don't remember. I, okay. I don't think I asked that far. Gotcha. But <laughs> basically, like, one thing that kind of like gave me a little bit of reassurance during that time was like him saying that, you know what, like, this is where I am at in life, and it's he he didn't use it as any means to define him because it's like if he wanted to do more he has like plenty of skills and like he can do or like look for whatever he wanted he was very intelligent you know he's a very intelligent man and just hearing that from him gave me reassurance because it's like i i think age like people feeling kind of like they where they have to be somewhere at a certain age or like have to do something at a certain age yeah kind of like is also a very big limiting belief where it holds you back from being able to do more because you keep defining yourself to something really small. Does that, does that like make sense? No, that makes so much sense for sure. Cause I do think that I do that a lot where I feel like if I don't feel accomplished, but I've accomplished things, Mm -hmm. then that will give me like that feeling. But like, who, who am I doing that for? Like, am I really doing that for myself? Or am I doing that so that I'll feel like I'm perceived how I want to? It's, like, very convoluted in my mind of, like, does that come from within? Or is that, like, I don't know. It's just, it's so bizarre. And it definitely is something that I'm realizing now as we're talking of how, even though having my business was so fun, a lot of that fun did come from the fact that I was, like, perceived a certain way from having, Mm. like, what is considered, like, a cool job. Like, the fact that I make jewelry and worked for myself was, like, very cool in my 20s. And it's, it's fun to be cool, and it's fun to, like, have a cool career. And, like, I'm realizing, like, literally in this moment, like, maybe that's part of it, is that people don't perceive retail as like a cool job there's not a lot to like talk about to people when they ask you like oh what do you do and I'm like oh I sell shoes you know and then the conversation is like over where it's like if you you know have your own business there's like a lot of stuff to say about it and like maybe that's all it is is like me just wanting to have like more of a conversation aspect to my career oh I I I really feel that because it's like it's all very subconscious and the fact that a lot of us grow up with it though you know, it's, I'm beginning, like, nowadays, I'm beginning to kind of realize that a lot of stuff are, like, kind of embedded in us since we were small, and we see it as we grow up, too, so it's, like, there's a lot of comparison, there's a lot of, like, one-upmanship, like, amongst us, and, like, ourselves and other people, and that, that can be very, very detrimental, because it's, like, when you spiral, it's all pitted against yourself at the end of the day, and, um, I, I, f- I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I think it, I think, like, when you're talking, it makes me think about, like, the idea of comparing and feeling like, oh, I'm not where someone who's at my same age is, and so maybe that makes me unsafe. Like, maybe because I'm comparing myself to something someone else has who's appear to me, if I don't have what they have, then... I'm behind and something bad is going to happen to me in the future. Like, that's what I've been thinking about a lot now. And, like, when you talk about your coworker turning 30, like, that is where I'm at. Like, I turned 30 a couple months ago and I'm looking at this new, like, chapter of my life this next decade and wondering, like, what is here for me and thinking about, 
like Ray and I talk about um, like if I have kids, am I going to feel resentful that I don't have a career also and that like, you know, maybe if I wanted to have that set up beforehand or whatever. And I feel like, is that real or is that a fear that's based on nothing, you know? I do have a question. Do you feel like you don't have enough time or do you feel like you constantly don't have enough time um, to to achieve what you want before like said goals that you're talking about for the future? I think what my fear is is that I'll take time to have children and not work very much or in a you know career way that looks good on a resume during that time and then when I am older if I choose to go into the workforce it will be much more challenging for me Mm. because I won't have this piece of paper that's like built out that says like I've been doing shit for the past however many years like I think that's where it comes down to is like the fear of looking back and wishing I had done something different Mm. because like for me my whole life I've always had the priority to have no regrets and so far I feel really good about that I have very very few regrets in my life and I think that that lens of like would I regret this in the future is where I always come from and like in this moment I think that's what's happening where I'm like oh in the future I'm gonna regret having not prioritized that now even though I'm here in the present moment and I actually really like my job and I make enough money to pay my rent and I'm fine I have this like, ooh, I'm letting down future Kaliska. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm having this like, am I missing an opportunity? Should I be doing something different? Like I think that's kind of like the primary fear that I have. I I can see I can see what you mean because I get a good amount of that too, where I feel like, oh, um, what if I just stay here because it's comfortable or like, you know, it's they, they treat me pretty well, like out of everywhere else that I've been worked at. And it's like, but my thing is, my thing is, it's very different from not believing in what you, you, um, not believing in your work, you know, versus not liking what you do. Sorry, what was it? <laughs> What I'm trying to say is, like, I feel like it's different where it's, like, if you like what you do, but you're just kind of, like, judging it from an outside outside point of view and also looking really far ahead in the future, I, I think it's kind of, like, that's a struggle. That's, that's a lot of, like... It's, like, a weird trap because it's, like, they say that the only thing that exists is the present moment but I've benefited so much from this mindset that I've had where I'm always looking in the future and then pretending I'm in the future and then looking backwards. That set me so like that set me up so well in life and given me so much pleasant like in the moment pleasure from that preparation that it's hard for me to kind of break out of that. But like in my mind I'm trying to break out of that. In my mind mm. I'm trying to be more like more present. But it's, it's like, I don't know, I'm getting all like twisted around this thought in my brain. But yeah, it's, it's such a trap because it's like, honestly, I don't, I don't know that many people who really love their jobs. And like, I love all of my coworkers. The hours are great. It's super chill. 
like if anyone's ever mean to me like a customer or anything everyone is just like yeah fuck them like they were the worst like you know (laughs) what I mean like there's such a camaraderie that I really enjoy and I feel like the only thing that I wish was different is the money you know what I mean like Mm, I could go to full-time but then I would lose my like government health insurance so it's like it's really a tricky thing um but yeah I don't know it's just like that's that's the only downside and I think that's just really some societal bullshit because there are studies that show that, like, the farther away you get from actually helping another person, Mm -hmm. the more money you make. Like, all the food industry workers, all the retail workers, we all actually help people and we get paid the least. It's a lot of labor, too. It's a lot of labor. And it's like we're kind of paying with our bodies, like... I had to wear a knee brace when I first started. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about quitting because it was, like, so hard on my body running up and down the stairs so much. And, like, people don't think about that. Like, I never thought about that when I was, like, you know, before I worked in, in this specific industry. And there's always things that you don't know until you work in that industry, you know? Like, food industry has very specific weird things. I had no idea how much stair running there is in a shoe store. Mm-hmm. Like... I, I will not, I will never go into a shoe store and try on a pair of shoes that I don't have an intention to buy ever again in my life, you know? So it's just, like, there is, like, a physical toll that happens as well, and it's just, like, I, I appreciate the idea of the invisible hand, and I, I get that, um, but I feel like maybe society should be set up a better way. My question is for, for you... If you were able, if you were to, if you were able to kind of break down how you're feeling presently about everything that you're doing right now, regardless of age and image, like how are you genuinely feeling about everything that you're doing, regardless of the future? I think it's hard for me to disentangle those because I feel frustrated about my career, but I don't do anything about it because I enjoy my day to day. So it's like in my day to day, I like my work and I'm happy that I can pay my bills. And then I feel shitty about my career. And it's like they're two separate things. And it's like so bizarre because like I have all of this like ego stuff around it Mm. where I want to have like, you know, such a full life and have like, I think a nice story in my head about how my life went and like all the things that I did and how successful I was. But, like, it's not, like, the feelings that I'm having are not in line with my actual views on success. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, my actual views on success are, am I happy? Do I have good relationships? Do I have good health? You know, am I in communication with my family and my friends? And do I, you know, I I have a really nice life. Like, my house is really cute. My relationship's really good. I talk to my family all the time. You know, I'm trying to get better about seeing my friends. Like, I had two colds back-to-back, and then I had COVID. So that was very depressing. I didn't see anybody for, like, a month, I felt like. (laughs) But, like, in my written-down, decided values of, like, what I view as success, I am successful. Mm. But I have this ego component that's very sticky that does come from what you were talking about, of, like, that childhood kind of programming of, like, And it didn't come from my parents either. Like, my parents never cared if I had, like, a corporate job or whatever. They're always very proud of me, and it's, like, the cutest shit of my life. So it doesn't come from there. It just comes from kind of the ethos, like, this 
undertone of society that has expectations, I guess. So, have you ever heard of, um, have you ever heard of this thing where someone has said that success isn't actually something that you achieve, but it's more of a feeling? Yeah. Yeah, so I've been thinking about that a lot lately, where it's like, um, where there's like a lot of studies apparently where it's like for people who do make a lot of money when they get to that goal you know they don't feel successful still because they'll keep adding more to it right totally so my thing is like what what does your the ego part of that success for you look like what are you what do you have in mind yeah I don't know I definitely get what you're talking about though because basically it's the idea of the hedonic treadmill of like everything that we get our brain normalizes and then we need more like Mm. we're always looking for the next thing the next thing the next thing the next thing and no matter how high up that chain you get you don't feel differently like no matter where you go like it's this um quote that my someone I knew in the past had like tattooed was wherever you go there you are Mm. you know and it's like it's very true and that is kind of the trap of the hedonic treadmill and like no matter how much I know about it, it's still, like, a muscle. You know what I mean? And it's, like, but it's true. Like, that's that's what it is, is, like, everything that I have set out to achieve in life, I've gotten, and it feels good, and it feels good looking back to be, like, oh, I got all that stuff, and, like, good for me, you know, pat, pat. Yes. But it's, like, it doesn't really change anything permanently. Like, I do think that it just comes down to, like, healthy habits and that's why I'm trying to get into that more again um and it's hard to kind of maintain throughout like different changes in life like we were talking earlier about how me moving in with my partner definitely like changed my control of my routines (laughs) and like definitely was worth it I'm happy for the choices I've made and where I'm at but now trying to reincorporate those habits I think is what's going to kind of take this piece off of my brain like I feel like it's all just I know it's all just made up so it's just very very bizarre I think that's also really crazy too that like ultimately all of this really is just a freaking illusion and it's just all literally man-made yeah and it's like if you take yourself a step back or like maybe five steps back out of your body and mind right like what are I don't know I have no idea what to say <laughs> like we're all just made up it's all just made up yeah but not in a way where it's like inherently like there's no meaning to it but but no, kind it's of like, like it's a cool thing for sure in my mind it's very cool that like all of this exists like it's so much texture and detail to even sort through like the fact that I have so much complexity in my head I hate it. It's annoying. But at the end of the day, I also think it's really cool and beautiful and interesting. And this is this is what I'm here for. Like, I'm here to work through all of this. And I'm here to understand myself as best that I can. You know? And all these little pieces kind of come from all these different aspects of growing up. And the age that I was when I grew up. And what the world was like when I was growing up. And what the zeitgeist was. Like, this whole thing of, like the Y2K aesthetic coming back is, like, fucking with my head. 
because you know how like Kimmy's wearing the like super low rise jeans and all of this stuff it's like all this body dysmorphia that I picked up from the Y2K aesthetic and now it's coming back and like how you were talking about feeling compassion for people suffering like that's how I feel I'm like all these girls are gonna have body dysmorphia because they're going through what I went through and I thought this was like in the past but it's circling back around and it's just like that's another thing uh, you know remember when we were walking back to your place and we were talking about like the the male and female gaze yeah I I 100% feel like that also plays a part into like whatever you feel or just anybody feels like they're insecure or like feeling really bad about mm-hmm. in terms of their bodies because I have like a really big thing about like face dysmorphia and like just feeling like I'm ugly all the time and I think it's crazy because it also goes all the way back to growing up as a kid where it's not even from your parents but like just everywhere around you mm-hmm. where you constantly see like what is like beautiful and like what is kind of like outdated or like you know just what doesn't work and what does well there's also the idea um of like our bodies as a trend or our faces as a trend like um there was a a book that I was reading a book of essays and one of them was about the Instagram face and it's this idea that like in the 40s and 50s there was an expectation for women to look really beautiful because they had makeup on and this and that and now in the modern day the trend is to be naturally beautiful but the natural beauty is that you don't wear makeup but you pay to have excessive procedures and surgeries so we all look the same in a different way and I think it's almost more insidious because it's the expectation that it should all be unseen and unknown Mm -hmm. but you should still conform I I remember um looking at videos of just youtubers who do you know who do makeup and stuff like that and lately a lot of people are always like on this whole like you know what the glass skin and like just um the no makeup makeup stuff um yeah just something like that where it's like all about looking as natural as possible and i didn't really see it this way but i heard another person saying that not not to like you know um break anyone down but it's more about like that's also a form of inferiority because you're trying to like also um do this for yourself you know while you're making the video um the makeup and everything you're also feeling insecure about that as well you know because you want to constantly look younger and um regardless of your age um I don't know if that's really making any sense but it kind of clicked with me because it's like I didn't think of it that way you know like these all these youtubers are like really pretty with with and without makeup and Mm -hmm. I didn't think for a second that like oh um every time someone does like skincare or like or like um try to look really flawless with makeup even though they already look flawless regardless I didn't stop to think that you know that's also them conforming to like what their environment is like you know like regardless of country or like wherever um and it kind of made me really think because I felt really bad about it looking at those videos where it's like shit I will never have that good skin you know I will never have those good facial structures and all that stuff and it always makes me think of like, what if I did have like plastic surgery, you know? Um, and I realized that no, like even like the really pretty people who have like good skin and does like good makeup, like they feel insecure to an extent too, because if they didn't have that, you know, 
Like, then what? Because they've been working their whole life to get that, to maintain that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's definitely something that, for me, um, it took me a very specific situation to, like, understand for myself because I always felt like my belly was too big and I always liked myself like I always thought I was pretty and this and that but there were always like certain things that I thought I would change if I could choose to you know and when I was I want to say 23 mm-hmm. I think I was 23 I went through a really bad breakup and I lost my appetite oh. and I started um working out and I lost I think 30 pounds oh. in two months Oh, shit. So I was, like, very, very thin, very, like, you know, the classic body type. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It was so weird because being like that, it just gave me that other side of the coin where it's, like, I am back to my, like, healthy weight and I am so much more confident in my body now than I was in that body. And even though I felt like some sort of sick pleasure from being society's version of attractive, I didn't feel like myself. And I feel like most people don't have like the blessing to go through that and get what they thought they wanted and not want it and like be fully at peace. But I think that there is this idea that like, oh, if you're classically beautiful or if you're you know society's version of attractive you're gonna have a better life you're gonna have better relationships you're gonna have you know more status but like people were meaner to me Mm. people thought I was stupid what the hell and the relationships and dates that I was going on were the worst in my life what the fuck it was actually bizarre people like I think the the, the fact that people thought I was stupid was the most jarring, for sure. Um, but yeah, it was really a bizarre experience, but I definitely think I benefited from it, um, just seeing both sides of it. Because it did give me this like intrinsic confidence in myself now, where I don't worry about my belly and all that. And it's just like, I know I'm tiny, I know I'm still, I'm still a small person, like I still wear a small size, and it's like, but I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel like it's so interesting because I think a lot of people think that if they had more of a classical look, that their life would be better and that they would feel better about themselves. Mm. And I don't believe it at all because I think it's all how we perceive ourselves. And it's like such a ephemeral thing where you have to kind of just get obsessed with yourself regardless of society's expectations. And it's, it's kind of hard. It's, that's crazy that, um, you, you said that the story, because it's like, I'm constantly working on trying to gain weight because well I am, I feel like I am underweight for my size in general, but I've always gotten like comments about like how skinny I was and not in a good way because I hear from my family too, where it's like, oh, you need to eat more. And that's like always since growing up. So you you eat a shit ton. (laughs) So yeah, that's the thing, but it's like, I... If I would be lying to say that um, if that I'm not gaining weight right now, I mean, 
I would be lying if I said that I wasn't gaining weight right now to like get to that type of body type that I want. Um, it won't be anything crazy because I don't want to be like, you know, crazy. But you're saying you're trying to put on weight to please others and not to please yourself. It's so here's the thing. It's partially that, but it's also partially because I want to be physically stronger, you know, because there's a lot of anxiety that I have where it's like, oh, because I'm so fucking skinny and like so like I'm like small and skinny. I, I feel the threat of like if someone were to start a fight with me, I would lose. It's not that I'm weak. It's just that I also want to have like the the safety there where it's like I have enough muscles to either outrun someone or to defend myself physically. Mm, you know? Just for the peace of mind aspect. Just for the peace of mind as well. But yeah. I also have people who are like mean to me because I'm skinny. So there so I completely like got that where it's like, oh people like like thought you were stupid or like stuff like that and I feel like a lot of times I get brushed off as like a person because I look a certain way um or it could just be me projecting most likely but it's always a combination of both I'm sure that there were situations where people were acting normally to me but I was just like interpreting it a different way Mm -hmm. but I think because I lost the weight so quickly I do have kind of a clarity on it um Whereas if it had happened slowly over time, I feel like it wouldn't have been such a stark difference for me. But yeah, like society is fucked up. Like I had, I had no idea that like if I looked more classically attractive, people would think I was an idiot. Like it was shocking. Oh, but yeah. What, what was in, sorry, I kind of want to know like what went down. Like what? There would just be little comments. And I felt like in the past, I always commanded a certain amount of authority when I would speak and people would respect me. And I felt like, when I was thinner, people did not respect what I was saying. They would doubt me. They would second guess me, and they would make little comments of like, if I knew what I was talking about. You, wow, that's fucking crazy. That's so crazy. Yeah, and I think that maybe part of that does come from I don't know. Like, I I do think also I have a weird compassion for celebrities because mm. I feel like their lives are terrible, and I would never want to be famous in that way where like I couldn't have a normal life and I feel like people really resent celebrities because they feel that their life is like better for some strange reason and they do have a lot of privilege I will say but I don't think they have a better experience of life and I think that that's like kind of the same for people who conform to to modern beauty standards but I definitely get the the desire to be stronger I also would lose in a fight (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I had more muscle that would help. I have, like, terrible hand-eye coordination. What? Like, really what? bad. I mean, I'm on the same <laughs> I'm on the same boat, but I feel like, I feel like, I don't know, um, it's all kind of, like, muscle memory. You kind of train yourself to do something until you're good at it. Yeah. I, I believe in that solely. So I have like, been doing my little, like, eight-pounders in the yes. morning. Yes. So we'll see what There's happens. muscle. There's <laughs> muscle there, Kaliska. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I I don't know. I feel like this was a good good little convo. I don't know if there's anything else you want to touch on. I don't think that. I don't think that I um. What would you have all on there? I think we talked about like all of this. We talked about the ego. We talked about um how we feel in our careers. I just took some little notes to. We talked about the hedonic treadmill. <laughs> oh, here my last note. We didn't talk about oh, Sandy. What is your version of success? What is success to you? I've been thinking about this a lot and I still haven't gotten to any solid ground I'm gonna be honest with you but my version of success right now 
is to genuinely be comfortable in my own skin. That is the longest journey and the realest journey that I can take for myself and like on my own, you know? And it's because it's something that I feel like I've never felt um, like since maybe I stopped feeling that when I was seven. <laughs> wow. So after that age, I felt like I never felt comfortable in my skin ever again. And it was constantly me judging myself all the time, feeling like I wasn't enough. And right now I'm just working on trying to just genuinely be comfortable and learn real confidence in my body and within me as a person. Um, and then I truly believe that everything else that I want will follow. Not that I won't work hard for it, um, whatever it is, like outside of career and stuff. It's just success really for me is about being genuinely content and happy with who you are because remember how we talked about like there are little things that will like get you upset here in New York where it's like if someone trapped you in and they're walking too slow yeah. you know that shit will piss you off right and I'm I'm literally at a place where right now if I can if I know that I can't control something and if I know I, I have no business sticking my nose into it mm -hmm. then you know, it's you just throw it into the void. It's really not my problem to take on. Um, so it's really about me just being... I don't have to be happy all the time, but I want to be confident with me. And I don't want to second-guess myself all the time. So I also want to build deeper connections with my friends. So that's why, you know, I'm glad that you, <laughs> you reassured me to come here today. You know, um, I think I was telling you, you witnessed firsthand how I kind of like second guess myself and like make excuses for me to like not feel well to like come out. But my biggest nemesis is distance and weather. So those are the two biggest factors of me always flaking on my friends. Yes. And I will say for the record, Sandy took three trains to get here and it was 30 degrees out today. So I appreciate it and you'll have to take another three trains to get home and I appreciate that so I you know and I I agree I think that you definitely are going to get to that point and your life is going to be the best and you're one of the coolest people that I've met in New York you're definitely one of the people coolest people I've ever met actually no way <laughs> no way Kaliska you're kind no right I, re I really enjoy you I think you're really cool I think you're really interesting Definitely, I think that for me, all of my closest friends in life have always had an aspect of overthinking that becomes torturous to us. So I think that you are on that same wavelength and it's just a part of being interesting and it's something you're going to have to deal with, but you're cool as hell and you're going to get there. I joined the cool, the cool kids club. That's right. It's, it's you and me. This is the club. Yes. <laughs> Thank you All so right. much. Well, I love you so much. This is going to be the end of the podcast. I love you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode today. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast to help me find more listeners. Follow me at Polaris Jewelry on Instagram and check out my work at PolarisJewelry.com. 
I would also absolutely love it if you wanted to join my email list. You can find a form for that at the footer of my website, and I will see you in the next episode.